Hello, I'm Ken Eastman, Dean of the Spears School of Business. Alexis Hightower and I sit down along with a variety of business professionals to talk about all things business. Whether this is your lunch, study break, walk to class, or your drive into work, we are happy you are listening. Welcome to what we call the buzz on business. Unfortunately, Alexis is actually back in my homeland up in Iowa uh, doing a case competition. Hope it's going well for her. So it's uh, me alone. But we do have two guests to balance this out. So long as we'll be here. That's great. So uh, we're delighted to have OSU alumni Matt Scoville and Nathan Gilchrist from their company, Medify. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you for having us. We're delighted. So we always like to get some basics. So where are you both from? Uh, I was born in uh, La Crosse, Wisconsin, but I uh, grew up in Tulsa. Yeah, I'm from uh, Burlington, Iowa. Oh, another Iowan. I, I knew that. That's right. Another That's Iowan. Right. I had a girlfriend once that moved to Burlington. Maybe. <laughs> really? Yeah, <laughs> we won't go into that. My wife won't be happy. Uh, what were your undergraduate majors while you were here? Uh, I double majored in international business and marketing. I was a civil engineering major. Civil engineering. Civil engineering. So you guys balanced it out well. Yes. Yes. Business knowledge right. with process knowledge work hard. Absolutely. Perfectly. Now, I, I know you guys are cousins. So, how did uh, one of you influence the other to come here? I mean, how did that work? Yes. Uh, so, this is an OSU podcast. I can speak transparently about this. So, <laughs> I was uh, I was an undergrad. It was my sophomore year. I was having the time of my life. And uh, Nathan, at the time, up in Iowa, was uh, deciding on business colleges, or I'm sorry, on just universities to go to. And he had settled for some odd reason on Iowa State. Uh, still a hey, mystery. Now, wait, he shows good judgment in some ways. Still Come a big now, mystery <laughs> to the family. Uh, and so I called him one night and I was like, dude, like, why, man? I mean, you want to go to Iowa State? And uh, he was like, oh, go, go. And I was like, hey, listen, OSU's awesome. I'm having the time of my life. Just come down. I'm like, come down for a visit. Let's, see, let's show you what it's all about. And so he did. He came down, loved it, and, uh, and then decided to apply here instead. And the rest is uh, history. I, honestly, it was, it was it, after I got here, it was a very easy decision. So there was no real, I didn't have a real reason to go to Iowa State other than I was, I was loosely interested in engineering at that time. They had a pretty good engineering school, but it took, uh, it took one visit to Stillwater and it's like, okay, this is great. Plus the weather is significantly better. Yeah, yeah that, that is definitely <laughs> true. Yes. <laughs> yes. So we have winter for a long time there. Was your family surprised at your decision? Or? Not, not really. So, um, um, you know, my aunt and uncle are, you know, in Tulsa, obviously Matt's parents. Uh, so we were down here a lot of times, you know, for family vacations and meetups and things like that. So it was kind of a natural progression. So, so tell us a little about your company. Right. What is it? I mean, some of our listeners uh, may not know about it. So tell us what it is. Yeah, sure. So Medify in a, in a nutshell is an app that helps uh, everyday people navigate health insurance, health benefits, uh, the healthcare system. It's very complex for most people. Uh, and what happens due to that complexity is uh, people tend to delay care because they don't know how their health insurance works or where they should go. Uh, or they are unable to afford it very easily. So they end up spending all of this money on care. And so the, the app just helps them make better decisions, get care where they're going to go to a place they can afford. And we do it all through. The app has many digital tools to help them make decisions. But really, the crown jewel of it is, uh, which is what we call Chat with Care Guide, where we have a live team that knows everything about your health benefits that you can text 24-7 uh, who can help you navigate your plan, get you scheduled at uh, care. We try to get people to low-cost, high-quality care to lower the cost of care for the member and for their employer. And uh, you can do all of the text. We're available 24-7. Our guides have an under 60-second response time. Wow. So uh, people are able to get help wherever they are. If they're at soccer practice, they're at the hospital, 
they're at the doctor's office. We can get them where they need to go very quickly. If it's, if it's two in the morning and you have a burning yep. benefits question, you can literally flip open the app, send off a message and someone will get back to you in 60 seconds. Well, I was pleasantly surprised. So I, I got the emails about the OSU A&M, yes. right? So yes. right. I downloaded yes. And at the bottom, it says powered by Medify. That's like, right. I know these guys. Yes. yes. So, yes. We, we have the honor of uh, serving OSU as well. So. Yeah, it was, it was a, very it was a nice honor. little surprise. I didn't know that. Yes. So, uh, yep. OSU is a, a great client for us. Uh, really engaged HR group, which we love working with. Uh, they've got a great benefits uh, package that they offer to all their employees. So it's been a really, it's been a thrill for us to work with them side by side. Now, I, I know that. If I remember correctly, Medify wasn't your first venture. No, right. <laughs> it was you not. Gotta, can you talk a little bit about how what you guys started with and kind of the evolution? Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> so really, uh, in a nutshell, since this podcast can only be so long, right? Nate and I have had quite a journey to this particular company, but it, it all started when Nate and I were about to graduate. Um, this was two thousand and eight, two thousand seven. Uh, Nate was finishing up his engineering degree. I was finishing up my MBA here at OSU. And uh, we had been interviewing for jobs. And Nate and I had kicked around the idea of starting a business together for a long time. Uh, we joked around about it at first. And we're like, yeah, we could really do this. You know, we come from a long line of entrepreneurs in our family. And uh, so we were out interviewing for jobs. We were getting some really awesome job offers. And uh, we just decided uh, through a series of circumstances, we were going to start our own business. So uh, I remember I was on the way home from a really great interview in Dallas uh, when I had decided I wanted to start a business. Nate had already kind of decided to for himself. So I called him on the plane from the Wi-Fi phone. I said, Nate, uh, cancel your interviews. We're going to start a business, man. And he goes, okay. That's all I said. <laughs> okay. Deal. And uh, so I, I pulled out my laptop. I fired off emails to all the groups I was interviewing with, canceled all my interviews, my remaining interviews, uh, dropped any of the offers that I had. I was like, no, thank you. Nate did the exact same thing. And, uh, and then we... We lived over here in James Creek, um, here in Stillwater, and we just put together our first business plan. So the first business that we had was a medical licensing agency. We noticed that it was a, we, we wanted to help doctors get medical licenses because we saw that it was a, a, like a big niche market that was kind of uh, underserved, and it was done very traditionally with a bunch of paperwork and things like that. And so Nate and I were like, hey, we can leverage the internet to help this service go faster. Uh, now, bear in mind, we did not know how to get a medical license for a doctor. Uh, that <laughs> or was nor a, did you have one, right? No, yeah. nor did we have a medical license. Uh, but we were like, we could Google this, right? Like, we can figure this out. Like, I mean, if you can read, you can figure out how to do this. And so we did. We put up a website, ran some Google ads, eventually got a doctor to go with us. Uh, I think he possibly mistook us for another uh, service. Yeah, uh, but that's on him. And uh, anyway, we successfully got him licensed in two states. And uh, through our new method here, we refined it and eventually grew that to be uh, to be quite a nice business. Um, and honestly, it was it was the it was the ignorance of the process that that really propelled us forward. Because yes. we're like, it's a great point. Why 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 can't we do this? Why shouldn't we do this? Right. And so we just launched into doing it and figured it out as we went. So how did you even know this was a thing? Uh, through research. And we knew someone in the industry who was like, man, we can't even handle all the volume we're getting. Um, you know, there's lots of room for growth in this industry. And that was enough for us to say, let's commit our lives to starting a business in this. Nathan brought up an excellent point. Ignorance is like kind of a necessary ingredient <laughs> starting a business because you don't know what you don't know. And that's actually kind of protects you early on. Um, if you really know how, yeah. how hard it is, it's, it's going to be and how many different pieces fit into it, yeah. it would probably scare you away initially. Yes. But as you methodically work through it, you get, you gain more capacity, you gain more understanding, and then you're able to handle all of those pieces that you wouldn't have been able to if you had none at all at the very beginning. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And also another thing that ignorance really helps you with is that certain industries are done in a certain way and they kind of, uh, it kind of becomes a group thing within the industry. People can't move beyond it. And people who kind of roll in who have no background in that area will do things differently just because they don't know any better. And it tends to uh, really innovate in that industry and can revolutionize things. So uh, we actually benefited from that because we were not doctors or nor had we ever gotten licensed in anything before. I had a driver's license. It was about it. Yeah, that was my extensive, my extensive learning and licensing. And we ended up licensing, I don't know how many doctors over the next few years in every state in the union. We became the outsourced uh, medical licensing agency for several uh, clinics and uh, doctor placement firms nationally. Uh, and we just all did it with a website, uh, Google, and a few AdWords. I think we had $20 in AdWords. That was about all the money we had at the time so to start the thing. <laughs> So what happened uh, then? Uh, what was your next stage? So after that, so the, the business was going well, and then they passed the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, as it's known in the industry in 2010, um, early 2010, 2011 is when it was really getting off the ground. That uh, had a pretty detrimental effect to the niche area of healthcare that we were in, which was what we call the locum tendens space. Doctors were you know, very uncertain of the implications of the law, how it was going to impact practice. So a lot of them weren't crossing state lines anymore. When they don't cross state lines, they don't need new licenses. When they don't need new licenses, our little company had no clients. So uh, our clients were starting to lose a lot of business. We're starting to shut down. And so we were starting to shut down. We lost a lot of business in a couple of months. And we're like, okay, we love working for ourselves. At this time, Nate and I were living in a rent house with a couple of other dudes from college. Uh, that we all moved back to Tulsa to work. And um, we had this little guest room that we'd set up shop in. We're like, okay, we like working for ourselves. We like calling our own hours. I like working in gym shorts and a tank top <laughs> uh, all day. So what can we do with what we've got? Well, what we had was this little room. We had some knowledge in business now and we had computers. And so we're like, okay, well, let's start a website business. All right, this was the time when like, uh, SEO was really becoming a huge thing. And so we're like, let's start our own uh, website business. Now, keep in mind, we did not know how to build websites uh, or anything of that nature. <laughs> I, had, I had taken a couple HTML courses. In well, high good enough. Yeah. So Nathan I knew of did. them. <laughs> yeah, we knew of websites. And so we were like, all right, let's do that. Uh, you know, we're going to uh, just do this. So we, so we Googled how to do that, right? And we figured it out. And we built a little business out of that that sustained us for the next handful of, you know, a few years until uh, the idea for Metafy was born. So how, how did the idea? Metify come about since you obviously transit from licensing to websites yeah we to were serial entrepreneurs we call this in the industry generally serial entrepreneurs means successful entrepreneurs we were kind of like feeding ourselves um entrepreneurs but that was good enough for us we had no overhead we were two dudes you know just living life um so we had no real overhead that we had to really support uh other than student loans of course uh, <laughs> wonderful uh, but, uh, so basically the way Metify came around was, um, we were running this business and, you know, we were doing okay, nothing serious. And then, uh, I was trying to, for the first time in my life, I had my first encounter with the healthcare system. Um, this was 2012, 2012. I had my first encounter with the healthcare system. I'd never used my healthcare insurance before, uh, my health insurance. And I was trying to find out how much it was going to cost to get an eye exam. I was out of contacts. I was wearing like four prescriptions ago glasses, you know, <laughs> and I was like, all right, I got to get this fixed. So uh, I started calling around, Hey, how much does it cost to get an eye exam? How much does it cost? No one could really tell me. 
they were like, well, it really depends on what insurance is. Okay, cool. I've got Blue Cross. How much does it cost? Uh, it depends. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, it depends. You know, <laughs> what do you I was mean? like, how much do you charge? Right. I'm going to tackle it. And so I was like, all right, this is crazy. I don't understand how this works. Like, it seems to be the only place in America where costs are not like upfront with the consumer. And so I did some research on it, found out that this was a big problem everywhere from eye exams all the way through, you know, transplants and major surgeries and uh, medical equipment, the whole nine yards. And so I said, all right, we, I felt like super called one day. Like I just felt this movement. It was the, one of the most incredible moments of my life where I felt like I was called to fix this problem. Like I can fix this problem. And so I told Nathan, I said, Nate, I really feel called. I think we should build an app that shows people how much Costco to the doctor. And he's like, man, we're like making ends meet with this little website business we have. Like we don't have like the bandwidth to do this. I was like, all right, all right, all right. Here's what we're going to do. I was like, I really felt like, I, as a side note, like when I first got this idea, I was in the shower, right? I was in the shower. I really felt called to do this. So I told him that. And I said, listen, I was like, when I was at OSU, I remember this group that came to talk to us about funding startups. Um, I was like, I'm going to reach out to them. I went to their website. I'm going to reach out to them and we'll see what they say about this, right? Like, and if they get back to us, that's going to be our sign to move forward. If they don't, then the shower was too hot. I was wildly hallucinating. <laughs> and, you know, water in the ears. Not, yeah, yeah, right. Water in the ears. Some sort of medical problem was occurring. And uh, I was, I'm just, you know, I was mistaken. So I, uh, I went to their website and they had like a link that was like, tell us about your business idea. And uh, so I wrote this like three sentences. I don't want to build an app that shows people, what to, you know, it was really basic and sent it off. Didn't hear back for a while. I kind of forgot about it. And then it was a Friday afternoon, like three weeks later, I get this phone call from a number I didn't recognize, which generally I don't answer. But this time I did for some reason. And it was, it was this group, uh, I2E. Uh, in OKC in Tulsa. They said, hey, Matt, we got your uh, submission for your business idea. I've got several people on the line here. Go ahead and just pitch us your idea really quick. We'd like to just kind of know more about it. And I'm like, oh, okay, well. <laughs> yeah, I gave you all I had. But that's those three had. sentences <laughs> was about it. So I just sort of awkwardly restated those three sentences uh, for about five minutes in different ways. I was, and then, I, I, I was in the, the room right next to her. I'm yes. Like, oh my were. gosh, he's blowing it. He's just saying the same <laughs> thing over and over again. I was blowing it. We're Did you have two cards you were trying to hold yeah. up? Like, say yes. this. Not say going this. Well. When, didn't go well. And so I kind of trailed off at the end. I'm like, and then we built it into an app. And there was a dead silence on the other end of the line. And they were like, okay. Well, man, it sounds like you're kind of early for us, honestly. Uh, and they're like, but you know, we, we see some promise here. Let's bring you in anyway. Let's just talk it out more, right? Maybe there's something here. And we're like, okay, that's awesome. So a couple of weeks later, we showed up at their office. We talked it out. And over the next year, they worked with us to, um, to basically shift our business model more into a monthly recurring model, more of a, to an employer type uh, model versus just to the end user. And uh, we did that over the course of a year. At the end of that year, they funded our first round of funding, and we were off and running after that. Uh, and then we sort of uh, pivoted that as we went along um, from away from what we call price transparency, showing people the cost of care to more. Uh, what we found was just in a really quick side story, as we were baiting this app throughout the, you know, we, we actually researched it and built a few versions over the years. Uh, we didn't actually officially launch the app until 2018, January of 2018. We just soft launched at the end of 2017. Uh, what we found was people, uh, we had released this beta version of an app and the users that we had just testing it, we had information in the app, but we had this report a bug link where you could report one of the 2 million bugs that were in the app at the time. It was like an alpha beta version. And, uh, and it was there that you could basically send an email that would, uh, 
within our system and that would give us give us like what the bug was and people were using that report a bug link to just ask questions about their health plan hey can i do this can i go here is my kid covered for this uh where can i go to get a cheaper mri et cetera, et cetera. And we're like and we finally figured nate and i were like okay people don't want to have this information in front of them they just want to talk to someone that already knows what to do and that was us um and that was further confirmed i did an npr interview um around that time where after the interview, my inbox got flooded with people from all over the country who needed help the exact same way. Hey, what do I do? Where can I go? What should I be looking for? What questions should I ask? And I spent three days answering every email. I wanted to help as many people as I could. Uh, that's been a big passion at Medify is just helping the person. And uh, at that point, we're like, okay, we've got to pivot this model. People just want to talk to someone that already knows what to do. So that's when we built the first version of Medify uh, that um, you could just talk to someone who already knew everything about your company health plan, the care team. And the care team in the beginning was Nathan. Uh, <laughs> there were three guys oh at this gosh. point. And again, back to not knowing what you didn't know. Is why, yeah. why shouldn't we do this? Why shouldn't That's we do right. this? Let's do it. How many calls could we get? Exactly. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and so we launched at that time, January 2018, to two companies. Nathan uh, was the care guide. I was the sales guy and uh, janitor and accountant and everything else. And then MJ was our programmer. Uh, we had brought MJ on from another company. And, uh, and after that, I mean, the whole platform just blew up, it exploded. Like when we found out that we were able to help people get to lower cost care, we were saving these companies tons of money. We were giving them an awesome customer because no one wanted to call an 800 number. Everyone wanted to just talk to someone by text. It was, we didn't have an 800 number. It was all just text-based and it exploded. And we went from two companies to 1200 in a real fast amount of time. So Nate, how many texts were you answering? Uh, a lot. That was like, yes. And so, <laughs> and so back in the very first version, we didn't really have a you know built up backend system. So I was I was literally taking PDF files of these companies' health plans and control effing and just searching their questions. Oh my! And trying to gosh. figure it out, but that on the fly, on the fly, lie. yes. Well, can I go to this? What does it cost? Where can I get a cheaper MRI? Like all of this stuff, right? And so it was, uh, but. Honestly, it was it was it was good to have that initial kind of baseline. Uh, this is how we do it because yeah. we were able to automate that and processize that to say, um, you know, um, so so now if someone messages in and says I need to get an MRI, our care guys literally just have to type in MRI in the system and it shows where they can go, the cost, how it interacts with their benefits plans. So we, we we've we've literally eliminated ninety percent of the noise and we're connecting that person to that care, and then we're doing the entire process for them. So they don't have to make an appointment, they don't have to get doctor's records transferred. All they have to say is, yes, help me get that low cost MRI, and we'll do the entire process for them. That's amazing. You know, I think one thing you said is important that sometimes students miss is getting dirty and it can help you right, understand then the basis of the business, and then you knew how to automate it and that stuff. But if you hadn't gone and done that, would have been impossible. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You, and it's, you, it's, a, it's a slog. It is. <laughs> like at the beginning, it's like, my gosh, there's got to be a better way to do this. And there is. But, but to your point, you do have to have that baseline understanding of this is all the pieces. This is, what, this is really what matters. And then you can just iterate on it from there. Yeah. I mean, you have to also not be afraid of just doing it manually to begin. Like a lot of people, I've noticed some people that start startups, they're always trying to automate everything from the beginning. You don't really know what to do in the very beginning. You know that you have created this value really clumsily and really manually, uh, but it works, right? Now you can't scale a manual process, but at that point in the beginning, we weren't interested in scalability yet. We were interested in solving the problem. You can go and backtrack and figure out how to uh, automate things through software and, and, and 
SQL queries and all sorts of things that you can do now. But in the beginning, it was how do we connect with people the easiest way possible and give them the information they need? We didn't have a 60 second answer time at the time. We had like a 60 hour answer time. <laughs> it was a couple well, you hours, had to read those. You, know, you, you had, had to read, read through all these life. PDFs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was that manual work that figured out, okay, now we can build something that gets that information to us faster. And now we can build something that makes it easier for us to connect with the person. And now we can build something that is auto feeding messages to our own care team to help the person. And we were able to release on release, refine that process to where it was scalable. Uh, but we didn't worry about scalable in the beginning, but we had to well, learn that manual piece. By doing it manually, you knew the magnitude of the issue. Exactly. You know, right. Yes. I mean, why, why would you automate something no one really needed? Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. You, you just feel it very uh, viscerally, right? Because, because you're right into it, you know? And, and, and I think the old saying is, uh, you know, if you're not embarrassed of your first release, you launched too late. That's right. <laughs> and we were very embarrassed yes. of our first release. But it worked. But it worked. You know, it didn't look the best, but it worked. Yeah. And also, like, the bar was low because people wanted to solve this problem so badly, mm -hmm. uh, especially from the employer side, right? Like, employers wanted to give their members a better experience. They, they, they were trying to educate the member on the right thing to do over and over, year on year, and then the plan would change, and they'd have to try to get everybody to remember the plan changes, and it was a struggle for them to educate, educate, educate uh, a population where really employees don't think about their health benefits until they need to use them. They don't want to be educated in that until they need to use it, and then they're trying to find their documents or call an 800 number, and what they end up doing is they just go to the hospital. They go to the ER for primary care. They go use hospital facilities that are usually the most expensive for things. They don't really know what their options are in their health plan to help them mitigate cost or make it easier on them. Um, and so uh, we had to learn all of that, doing it manually first, and then uh, helping HR basically help their members do this more easily. And we did that just by an iterative process using, using those types of things we learned doing it manually initially. Yeah, I remember the, I don't know if you were, that, but NPR did do a story. They tried to figure out how certain procedures, and it was almost impossible. It's very difficult. And, and then when they did, the variance was astounding. Oh, it's, Even it within a city sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Yes. It could be, you know, tens of thousands of dollars difference for, yeah. if you could figure out what it was. So. Yeah, there was a famous story in Miami. Uh, hospitals across the street from each other, across a highway, uh, had a $40,000 difference in surgical cost for, this, for the same surgery. Um, just dependent on whether you took a right or a left off the highway ramp. Oh and, and we see that every single day. So the, just in every single market, the difference between a simple MRI, abdominal MRI at a, a freestanding imaging center is usually between 300 and $600. At a hospital, it's 1,500 to $4,000. It's the same machines, the same radiologists can read them. It just depends on where you go. And that same variance holds true for every single medical procedure. Knee replacements, arthroscopies, colonoscopies, literally everything. And you've got this, you've got this phenomenon now in, in, in healthcare in America where businesses that are self-insured, which is most companies in America, are picking up the tab for this on the back end. So when you go for a surgery here at OSU, you know, your OSU is picking up that $40,000 cost and then you pay your out-of-pocket max. So you're going to pay six grand or whatever it is. So it's a huge burden on both the plan and the member. And we found that we can mitigate both by just helping the member get to some place that's lower cost. It's less out of pocket for them. It's less for the company. Everybody wins. And then groups that have really great health metrics, health outcomes, quality metrics, and scores get patients. So it's a win-win-win. Uh, and we do it through sending a text in 60 seconds. It's very easy. We've well, are they using that more often now? You know? There you go. <laughs> yes, please do. Please do. That's what it's there for. It's, it's, it's fascinating. I, you know, it's... It, 
you know, what you came up with, it, that it was timely, right? I mean, you look at healthcare costs and the whole debate about healthcare and coverage and all that stuff. So it really, you peaked at the right time. So that eye exam was well-timed. It was, <laughs> it was well-timed. I'm glad that I had the problem. And that's another thing, right, that we learned was problems are opportunities in disguise. I could have stopped and said, well, I guess we'll never find out what an eye exam costs. And I could have gone back to my life. But instead, we pushed forward with, you know, this isn't fair. And it's not right that someone doesn't know this. And it's not even fair to the providers because they have a hard time trying to figure out what it is costing them sometimes. Uh, it's just a world wrapped in mystery. And what's awesome is we're getting to the point where you have all the players in care that are starting to kind of open up and say, okay, we can make this better for the member. Even, even the insurers are starting to do this. The TPAs out there are starting to do this. Even, even the health systems and the provider systems are starting to say, okay, we can make this better for the member too. And we found some very willing partners out there who are willing to join hands with us and say, you know what, let's help the member do this easier and better. Let's make it more transparent. Let's make this better uh, on the outcome side so that everyone has a better experience and we cut down a lot of these unnecessary costs that we have to bear too. And, uh, and we're always happy to talk to people like that. Now, shifting gears a little bit, you guys, uh, we had our inaugural Cowboy 100 and you uh, had the top spot with your growth of 350%. So t talk a little bit about how you found out about it and the application and that. Yeah, so OSU reached out to me um, to tell us about the program and that we had been nominated for it. And I was like, oh, this is great. Uh, you know, we, we honestly, Nate and I always talked about this, but we always wanted to do more with OSU. Like we loved OSU, we had a great time here, great education. Uh, gave us some really great um, opportunities. And we're like, you know, we're the type that want to kind of give back as much as we can, so. Uh, it was exciting to be able to engage with OSU on that. So uh, we had to go through that long process, submit financials, do all that uh, for the audits and things. And then they wrote me back and said, hey, you know, you're kind of like a finalist for this, but we're not going to tell you where you placed in the lineup. Okay, great. Awesome. So we go to the ceremony and, uh, you know, we had a great table. We got to sit with Dean Eastman, which was awesome. I've been a big <laughs> Dean Eastman fan for a long time. It's the best table in the room. Best table in the room. <laughs> right. And it was hilarious because, uh, first of all, there were some f awesome companies there, like big names. There were a few there that were clients of ours. And so we were like, you know, this is awesome company. And, uh, and then they started the countdown. You know, they started at the end and then they started walking towards number one from 76 or 78, whatever it was. And as we got closer to the top 10, I'm like, okay, mm, something's wrong so here. It'll be a little nervous. <laughs> when we got to number five, I was like, Nathan, I like whisper. I'm like, Nathan, something's gone terribly wrong. I was like, there's been a huge mistake. We're not supposed to be here. They're going to escort us out of here any minutes. I'm going to have to pay for this meal. Like, it's going to be a disaster. And uh, when we got to number two, we were actually sitting at the table with number two. And they were like, oh my God, you guys did it. You won. And we're like, there's no way. This is impossible. And I'm like, we, I know we've done very, very well for ourselves, but I, I mean, how could we be number one? And they called us as number one and we were just elated. We were thrilled. It was an awesome night. I got the great opportunity, Nate and I both did, to go and talk to some of those clients that we had in the room, one of which, uh, Zico, which is a very important company to us. They're a client to this day. I got a chance to thank 
the CEO of the company because they were one of our early, early uh, kind of test clients, not test client, but we got to talk with uh, their HR VP who was very kind. This was back when we knew nothing. This is 2012. He sat down with us and answered really basic questions for us. He suffered through an he hour. He suffered through an hour of just <laughs> us asking really basic yes. questions with a smile what is on his face. <laughs> and, yeah. What is, HR stands for what again? And, uh, you know, super, but he was super yes. kind. And, uh, and then they became an a awesome client of ours later. And it was a really cool moment for me to be able to meet him and, and talk and thank him in person. But that was kind of our journey in Cabo 100. It was a huge honor. It was a big surprise. And, uh, and we just became very dedicated to defending our title for the next one. So, <laughs> Well, I was pleased. I was, you know, and I, I, you know, I knew you guys had done well, too. I didn't realize how well you guys had done. So I, I was just as surprised as you were. So, <laughs> That's great. So, it was a surprise to everybody. It's been a, cra- it's been a crazy ride. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. It still is. So what do you see uh, the next evolution uh, or next space you're going to move into? Uh, For Medify itself, so it's really cool because we're in the place now where, you know, in the beginning when you're starting, you're kind of at the will of the market, right? And you have to respond to market pressure and you still do at this stage for sure. But because of the niche we're in, we're one of the big players in the niche and we're able to start now actually kind of producing those waves you know, we can see because we're in the trenches with people every day. People are texting in 24-7. And because we can see what their needs are, what their wants are, how we can do things better, uh, that gives us ideas for new pieces to add to the platform and what the market is demanding before it does it, right? Um, and so, you know, moving into clinical is a big part of this. Uh, moving into more predictive measures is a big part of this. Helping to shape whole population health is a big part of this in conjunction with some of the partners that the health plans share and some that we can provide that we see that are missing. Um, you know, we see, uh, you know, a lot of health plans are in the system today, many thousands of them. And we see the ones that perform super well, and we see some that don't perform so well. And it's cool to be able to advise and say, Hey, you know, if you added this piece, we have a client just like you, same size, same industry. They're having really good, uh, success with this. Why don't you try that next year? Almost consulting. Yeah. Yeah. We do that free today because we just like the member experience and we you know the members ask us for help and and sometimes you know if the plan doesn't have that resource we can't do much for them we do whatever we can but then we're always able to go back to the plan and say hey you might try this or we can add this and and we started building pieces of our own platform on to offer them those services if they don't have them hey you're missing this piece we actually offer this ourselves or you can get it from somewhere else if you want we'll plug it in but we actually offer this in-house now if you'd like to make use of that and we've found very receptive audience for that so it's building more clinical pieces more population health pieces uh, we're going to be making big moves in on prescription drug side today. We have a decent offering on the prescription side. We're going to really, f- really flesh that out now to really help cut down on prescription costs for people and for uh, the company as well. So we've got some really awesome things that are in development right now. We're really excited to launch. So let's talk a little bit about your, your cousins. So how is that working with each other? How do you decide who does what? I mean, you know, I mean, any, uh, any pains along the way being cousins? You know, they're... <laughs> There really hasn't been any giant pains, you know. I mean, Besides are, him, is that the, that's, <laughs> exactly, that's, exactly. Yeah. But you know, I mean, we, we we have always adopted the mindset where we're we're very open with each other. You know, we 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 work very synergistically together, right? He's more on the business, bigger thinking side, more on the process side as well. So it's kind of a it's it's just a good match, right? And and <clears throat> early on, we kind of made a agreement that, you know, we're always going to be upfront with each other. We're always going to bring our issues because there's been many times where 
lots of frustration, right? There's been a lot of shouting matches, right? <laughs> but there, it, it, it always ends with, okay, here's the direction that we're going to go into, right? And so no matter what it is, we can always come to an agreement on it. And, and it, it also helps that we, we just happen to think alike too, which is a huge boon for us. Yeah, 100%. Um, I will say that working with Nate has been one of the smoothest work relationships I've ever had. Like Nate and I grew up together, so we knew each other well. We lived together in college. Um, you know, he's the closest thing I have to a brother, right? I have a sister, but I've never had a brother, and Nate has been my brother. Um, and so I, we agreed early on. It was We were still in Stillwater. It was when we decided to start a business. We got uh, together in our living room. We're like, all right, first of all, we're family, so we can't fight and, like, not talk to each other. It was like, our moms are not going to stand for that. We're not going to have any awkward Thanksgivings. Uh, it's just not going to happen. So we have to be upfront with each other. And we have to decide which direction we're going to go and we have to be okay with it. Right. And because of that, we've never come to loggerheads where we haven't been able to figure it out. And it, as Nate said, it really does help that him and I think very similarly. We've been through a lot of the same experiences. So we're able to assess things almost identically. I mean, to the point where someone will say something innocuous in a meeting and we'll pick up on the meeting. And we'll both just look at each other and be like, you know, like, okay, you know, we already understand what's going on here. So it, it has helped a lot. So it's been a very smooth experience, honestly. Uh, weirdly enough, and this is a kind of a strange exception to most like tech company owners. When Nate and I are at family gatherings, we extremely rarely talk about business. Almost never. Uh, we do occasionally, but it's like we leave it at the office and we do family stuff. Um, and we're able to kind of wear two hats in that respect and not have them bleed over too much. And that's good, I think, for mental health personally. Uh, I love to think about business. I'm obsessed with it, but I've got to put it on a shelf sometimes and think about other stuff. Uh, just for my own mental well-being. And, and Nate and I are good about kind of reinforcing that. We force each other to go to the gym. Uh, you know, when we want to stay in the office, we haul each other out and go to our, our gym in the office building. Um, so it's been really good work environment and work relationship. Not every family relationship can work out like that, but we've made it work really well. I know that's why I'm impressed. I mean, I know a number of people and it doesn't always end well. <laughs> so, 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 I mean, the fact that you guys have been able to do that for so long, and so successfully, it's a credit to both of you. And, and really, it's, about, it's, it's largely about solving a problem, too. So it's, okay, you know, maybe we disagree on something, but does whatever we disagree on, you know, is, is it in furtherance of actually solving the problem, right? And if we can both say yes on it, literally, it doesn't, it, it doesn't really matter, right? right? Like, it's all about the mission. It's all about solving the problem. It's about helping people. And we get to do that every single day. I mean, literally from simple things like answering benefits questions to helping people with cancer treatment to giving them treatments that they didn't think they could afford but their company has a you know a, a incentive or a, or a provider for them to go to so literally every single day we get to further our mission we get to help people and it again it just makes everything easier when you when, when you have that mindset yeah, it appears but obviously you're both are very committed to the the, the, the vision and, and the values which are like you said then the, the rest of the stuff is just kind of peripheral Right. If, if you were fighting about those essential things, then it's not going to end well. That's <laughs> right. right. That's exactly right. It's always fighting towards something, not about something. Right. If you, uh, if you have the same goal and you're just disagreeing on the way to get there, that's a way easier problem to solve than if you disagree on the goal. Right. That's the same way for friendships, marriages, business relationships. If you have the same goal and you fight towards that goal, then it's fighting that's worthwhile. And we've kind of mastered that really. Uh, by just having open, awkward conversations with each other. Another problem that people do is they just don't want to face up to a problem or they don't want to have that awkward convo. And I'm telling you, having that awkward conversation up front 
uh, right as it's happening can save you a lot of awkwardness later. It makes it way worse. Those things build compound interest. Yeah, think, things tend to fester and get much, Absolutely. much worse. Help. Well, it's been a delight talking with you. Again, I ho- uh, hope you know how happy we are for your success and how proud we are of you. It's It's been phenomenal. I mean, not just that you're successful, but you're also filling a really important need uh, and your, your desire to help people uh, is really commendable. And the fact you're making a successful business out of it is even better. So, uh, Well, we really appreciate it. We appreciate the opportunity for being here. Um, we've had a great time. Absolutely. All right. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you the next time on The Buzz on Business.